My friends, today we have an incredible episode with Kenzie Evans, and she shares her insights on topics like shame, managing how people perceive us, being compelled versus choosing, practicing saying no, using our voice, and how it's okay to have wants and needs. She highlights honesty, compassion, and grace, as well as collaboration versus competition in your relationships and especially in marriages. I promise you, you will not want to miss this. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Welcome back to Fulfillment Therapy. I'm your host, Kendra Nielsen, and today we have another special guest from beautiful Costa Rica. I met Kenzie in a branch down in Costa Rica this summer, and I knew right away that I wanted her to be my friend, so luckily she agreed. Kenzie is an old soul with deep insights and wisdom that I cannot wait for her to share with you today. So, Kenzie, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself before we dive into the interview? Sure. My name is Kenzie Evans. I have been married to my husband, Brett, for 12 years now. We've made it to the 12-year mark. Nice. (laughs) And I know, accomplishment. (laughs) And we've got four boys. And... Currently living in Costa Rica, we started a nonprofit here in Costa Rica with our friends, Sophia and Jefferson, and what else? I'm finishing up my degree in marriage and family studies, and hopefully, if all goes well, I will be done with that in December. That is amazing. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I'm excited, too. (laughs) Been a long road, long road. Especially but, doing it with kids, and you have been doing it, nailing it. We're doing it. I know. Here we are, accomplishing things. <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear that. Anything else you'd like to share? Yes. I have decided, after swimming with dolphins in Cancun, mm. that I may want to be a marine biologist when I grow up. So there's a serenity about me. That. Was that a recent thing? Yes. Brett and I went to Cancun. Oh, two, three weeks ago mm-hmm. for his work trip. And I, one of my dreams is to swim with dolphins. One of my dreams was to swim with dolphins right. because I have done that now. Uh-huh. Now that we went to Cancun, we signed up for one of their excursions and it was magical. Oh. Magical. I found my dolphin soulmate. That's all. So <laughs> just, oh, just I love that. perhaps a marine biologist when I grow up. So, so it go. sounds like you're going to be adding maybe another degree to your almost degree. Right. Right. I 
forever, right? We've got eternity. So I'm just saying. That's a good point. And maybe there's even going to be cooler animals than dolphins. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, that. like, we might as well just dream forever. And Very marine cool. biologist is <laughs> on my bucket list now. <laughs> oh, I just love bucket lists, too. I think we talked about that as well. I digress. We'll get into that more in the interview, I'm sure. And I cannot wait to hear what you have to say. And really quickly, just so my listeners know, when I'm setting something up with a podcast guest, I send them out a list of questions for them to review and pick the ones that resonate the most with them. So Kenzie's picked out a few questions that speak to her that she would like to share. I am just going to ask a few of those questions in this interview, and she can take that where she will concerning the things that bring her the most fulfillment and joy and that she's passionate about so that she can share what's been speaking to her soul and in that way it's so much more powerful because it's more organic and raw and authentic. So I'm incredibly excited for you to share your insights and your thoughts on these things Kenzie and thank you so much for coming. You are such a beautiful person and I know that by the end of this podcast interview our listeners are going to see that as well. And if it's okay with you, we'll just jump right in. It's perfect. Sounds great. Fantastic. The first question I have for you is maybe a little bleak to start with, but we'll we'll just go with it. How do you let go of shame? So this is like shoulds, supposed tos, must, need tos, all of this. Mm, the shooting, shooting on ourselves. That's is that what right. Yep, shooting on yourself. <laughs> yes. Uh, I actually I love that question because it may be a little bleak sounding, but at the same time, I think if we can figure that out, then um, it it gives us so much freedom, right? Because shame, I feel like, is one of the heaviest shackles that we put on ourselves. So something that I feel like I've been trying to to incorporate in my life is I ask myself, does this feel like a gift? Does this feel like uh, something that I am giving to myself or does it feel like another burden that I'm placing on myself? And that kind of has helped me to distinguish because um, I think even when we are giving, because we are asked to serve, we're asked to love others and give to others. I think the problem is though, is that when we give from a place of compliance or shoulds, right? It, it becomes more robotic. And I would even say in me, at least it has formed resentment. I was Um, just going to say resentment. I'm glad that you went there. Yeah. I, I feel like when we operate from a place of shoulds or not good enough resentment really does form and it might be in different ways right for me it's more victim mentality martyr like behavior and so for me it's been really helpful and humbling because in some ways i think when we say the shoulds i should do this i should do that it's almost like we're portraying something we think we should be we're trying to show people what we think they want from us and so in a way it's kind of us trying to manage how people perceive us but it's really heavy and so that's kind of that has been my guidepost is does this feel like a gift 
um, or does it feel like a burden? And sometimes I feel like there are things that are challenging, but it still feels like a gift to me. Right. So I, I don't know, just making that distinction has been really helpful for me. Follow up question with that, if it's all right. I'm going to share a story. And then if you wouldn't mind sharing an example, if you're okay with that, would that be helpful? Well, Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about this and this is kind of a silly example, but um, with Come Follow Me right now, it's all about giving without grudgingly giving. And we have this joke in my family that I grudgingly give my food because as you know, Kenzie, from our delicious Indian experience together at the restaurant, I'm this massive foodie and I get so excited and I think I have triple the taste buds as most people. So I almost always give grudgingly when it comes to food. And so I know we're talking about shame or other things like that. I love how you said, does this feel like a gift or a burden? Well, I can assure you every time I give my food, I feel very resentful and I don't feel like it's a gift to share. And I'm very angry about it. Well, not really angry, but. But just that like low burning, consistent, yeah, energy (laughs) of frustration because it's from a place of feeling compelled rather than actual choosing. Right. Exactly. And there's this kind of like this look like you really are not going to share with me. Now, mind you, I do share all of the food when I'm but when I have like this glorious plate in front of me and yes. I'm so excited and they want like one of my first bites or something. I'm like, <gasps> anyway, silly example, one that maybe with time I'll move through. But go ahead. But as you were, okay, as you were talking, what came to my mind was it, and again, it's a little different, but it's similar Five foolish virgins are asking the wise virgins for their oil. Now, I think when we let give ourselves space to be like, this is mine and I don't owe it to anyone to give this to them. They may want it and they may be frustrated that I'm not giving it to them, but I don't owe it to them. Yeah. And so giving yourself space to be like, do I want to give my food to them? Is this a place? Can I really do it without being resentful? Or will I? Because I think that that's something that I've been working through too, is God is truth. Mm -hmm. He is light. And so how can I be more honest? I may not be able to to control the other person. um, But in me doing something that causes resentment in myself, that's me showing up dishonestly in a way, right? Like I'm doing this thing that I don't want to do because I'm trying to manage your perception of me. So your perception of me is more important than me actually taking ownership for what I actually want and what I can actually give emotionally. And so giving space for that and allowing for disappointment in others and disappointment in yourself that like maybe the image that you want to portray isn't exactly the one people are seeing you as right then. Kenzie, that is, I wish I could have all those in quotes. That was amazing. I was trying to write it down. I couldn't write it all down. I loved that though. Just being honest and you're, you're right on there when you said, I'm trying to remember how you said it about controlling the other person it really can cause that resentment. And when we're trying to manage the perception, did you say the perception of others? Yeah. There is going to be that disappointment. And that really is not living in that space of honesty. I 
love that. And that's really uncomfortable to be in that space. And it doesn't feel good when you can't control that. But letting it go and choosing to live more honestly, that's powerful. I love that. Oh, thank you. I am working on it. (laughs) It's a work in progress. I feel like there are so many, so many times that that can apply. And I think that's the beauty of the atonement Mm -hmm. is I think of, so the atonement to at one mint and just the savior talking about being one with heavenly father. One of his titles is the great I am. And so I think being grounded, his internal is aligned with his external. And I, I don't know, that's just been really resonating with me. How can I get my internal world to more accurately align with my external world. And it is really, really uncomfortable, right? Because it's super vulnerable. And I think it takes an awareness and a willingness to see your own feelings and wants. I think people are, we're all very uncomfortable with wants. Um, They're there, but we don't want to acknowledge them. And I think really understanding that we do need the savior. I think this idea of putting up a facade or trying to control other people's perceptions in some ways is an attempt, not, not a conscious attempt, but an attempt to do it on our own. And in doing so, it kind of pushes the savior out of the picture right? Because if we can do it on our own, if we can handle it on our own, if we can get everyone to see us just how we want to be seen, then there's no need for the atonement. There's no need for the savior. And so I think for me, that has been something, it's been really humbling to be like, okay, this is where I'm at. Um, it's not pretty, <laughs> but it's at least honest yeah. and it's uncomfortable for me to let you see me this way and it's uncomfortable your reactions are uncomfortable but I'd rather be there right than resentful and I don't know trying to control things that are actually outside of my sphere of control I guess definitely and did you have an example of that does anything come up as you talk about that oh my talk about vulnerability examples I have so many (laughs) um okay so something that in parenting and in my marriage, which would you rather hear, parenting or marriage? <laughs> mm, that is a good one. Which one feels bigger? Oh, they feel like intertwined right now, but probably marriage. Marriage is okay. pretty foundational, right? Yeah. So a big growth spurt that I've been going through in my marriage is acknowledging my tendency to go into that victim martyr mindset to try and control the way that Brett perceives me by doing the things that he wants and expects from me. But then I hold on to the resentment, right? So he may be content because I'm doing what he wants, but it's not good for the marriage and it's not good for us. It's not good for me. And, um, what I've noticed is that I try to control the stability, the outcome, all of that by morphing. And this isn't just in my marriage. This is in life (laughs) is morphing into what I feel people want from me 
and what I can read from them that they're wanting from me. Um, and now what I'm trying to do is get better at sitting with it and asking myself, is this something I can actually give or want to give? Is this something that will strengthen me and the other person? Or is this just going to cause resentment? And if it's the latter, which lots of times, <laughs> humblingly, it has been the latter. Um, yeah, I, if I do this, I'm going to feel resentful and I can't control you, but I can control me. And so going forward, I'm going to take this step and disappoint you. And that is really hard on my ego because I like to, in my mind, think that I am the selfless, giving, humble, kind, all the positives, you know. And in that story, if I give up, because I think in lots of ways we've created this culture of service and giving, but it's from a place of resentment. Um, so we we create this picture of ourselves that we're so giving, we're so kind, we're so charitable, we're so um, service oriented. And yet that resentment is there and it has an impact. And so that's kind of what I've been feeling is I have to be more honest and more okay with the discomfort of other people's disappointment. Oh, Kenzie, I love that on so many levels and I haven't really heard it expressed quite in this way. And I really appreciate what you're speaking to. It's not really something that I've spoken about too much on this podcast, I don't think. But that is a really tricky thing to navigate. I think, no, I don't think. I know that I've very much navigated this in my own marriage. And as I've come more into myself and sat in that uncomfortable middle space and tried to be more authentic, I do get labeled differently than I want and it's uncomfortable in that space too like being oh the one that I really don't like and it's even not even necessarily an insult but it feels like an insult as mm. I have a strong personality my husband likes to say that one a lot so I to throw him under the bus a little bit but <laughs> it like rubs me wrong I'm like to stand maybe up because... for myself it's not having a strong personality <laughs> or or maybe stubborn or what were you gonna say sorry no, I'm sorry. I, I interrupted you, but, um, I was going to say part of it could be because culturally that has been used as an insult, yeah. right? And so you're feeling, you are actually feeling something real. And I think that's part of the discomfort, right? Is seeing things for what they truly are. So the other person is uncomfortable and not getting what they want from you. And then you're uncomfortable because now they're going to try and behave in a way to get you to get back into equilibrium, into what is known between right. the two of you. Mm -hmm. And so they might say things like that, that are uncomfortable and maybe not intentionally or consciously hurtful, but I would say in a culture where strong, independent women often are labeled as difficult, bossy, over the top overly emotional mm -hmm. I can understand why there is that like resistance inside of you and I think that's been kind of part of the work though Kendra is mm -hmm. what is that bringing up in me and then continuing to have a conversation that's been hard so I'll be like 
yeah, no, I can't do that. And then my husband will respond disappointed. Yeah. And he's disappointed. And then I'm kind of frustrated. And he's like, what? So I'm not allowed to be disappointed. And I was like, no, that's fine. You can be disappointed. But the truth is I can also have a response to your disappointment. Yeah. So there's space for both of us. Yeah. So before it was like, I wouldn't do anything because I wanted to avoid his disappointment to me saying no. Right. So I say no, he's disappointed. And then usually I didn't get past that because you just avoid the disappointment in the other person at all costs. But now what I'm realizing is, okay, but is your disappointment actually substantial? Is it worth me giving up my dinner? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, is it worth like your disappointment is valid and it's a real feeling and me feeling a little bit frustrated that you're disappointed because I told you I couldn't have my dinner because that hurts me. Because to me, the message that's sending is you're not considering my feelings and what I think that's also real and valid too. So kind of making space for both people and it's so hard and it's so uncomfortable because it is, it's like you're sifting through, well, ultimately what's best for us individually and together, right? Because I think that's what the savior asks of us, right? Is he says, become the body of Christ. But before we can become a functioning body of Christ, we have to be strong individually, right? We have to know who we are. We have to know our strengths, our talents, our weaknesses, right? We need to know the things that we do and don't like, the things that we want and don't want, the things that we are passionate about and aren't passionate about, And other people need to know those things about themselves too. And we won't get there if we don't show up honestly and have these conversations, but it's so hard and it's not pretty. This is like a beautiful version of it, right? I'm telling you the, but I will tell you, there are times where I show up totally dysregulated in these conversations because I haven't practiced saying no in my life. And so this is a new skill for me. So I'm like, no, no. Okay. And I'm like, totally just, I feel totally irrational. And part of the practice of this is giving grace, removing that shame, right? I don't need to show up perfectly in this. I just need to show up honestly. Right. So I can do this not flawlessly. I can do this as long as I'm willing to show up and it's so uncomfortable and it's messy, but I will say that I have gotten to know myself better and I feel like Brett and I have gotten to know each other on a more intimate level and it's been really challenging. It's been really difficult, but it's also been really good. I remember a conversation like that, that we had a while ago about this same thing. For me, marriage has been the hardest thing I have ever done. I am very much an independent person. I I love to have autonomy and I love to just focus on self-development and all those things. And I very rarely think about what the other person needs to do. So when someone comes at me with some of those, you shoulds, it feels like mm-hmm. even if they're unspoken shoulds, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, uh-huh. And it's it's very subtle. It's very confusing it's often 
messy and I, it's hard. It's so hard. And the things that you spoke to, I seriously, when you were talking, I was like, I could kiss her right now. I love what she's saying. <laughs> you. It is on Zoom, so that makes it challenging. But <laughs> I, I just want to speak to a couple of the things you said. I love how you talked about how it's okay to both of you to have feelings and to make space for that. And the reaction, the response in return too. not suppressing them like we have culturally or one person denies or it just not talked about. It's it's the communication that's the key and allowing for both of those things and to build that empathy without trying to change each other, but just expressing our truth in a sense. And mm-hmm. I love how you talked about just practice saying no and have grace for that because it really is such a dance. And culturally, again, we talked about mm-hmm. this too, and I've talked about it on the podcast, especially for Christian women, women of faith, there is mm-hmm. this culture of not saying no, just like you spoke to. And it's very hard to let go of that sometimes when deep down we know that it's some sort of self-betrayal because it can yes. be a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think that's kind of the sifting that we have to do, right, is really sitting with it and asking ourselves, okay, I can't control the other person. I remember that was knocked into me, right? That was just, you can't control the other person. So in, but in the way that it was, you can't control them. So you be appeasing, you be Um, compliant, you be complicit, you be all these things. And I did. And now it's like heavenly father is like, okay, line upon line. Let me, let me give you another line. You can't control the other person, but you can control yourself. You can use your voice. You can say no. You, if you feel very strongly and passionately about something and you want to express yourself, do it. It may not be beautiful. And later you may need to take accountability and use the atonement and say, you know what? I'm really sorry. I, I, instead of just being passionate, I was also condescending and rude and name calling. And that's not okay. That is never okay because you're a child of God. Right. So I feel like I'm just trying to sift through God wants, he believes in our capabilities, right? He's told us we are, are his children, children of God that we have divine potential to become like him. So what does that mean really? And how can I view myself like that and others? I think before, I don't know if you've um, listened to Jennifer Finlayson Fife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love her. She talks about the one up, one down concept and how, so there's in relationships there often is a dynamic of someone going into a one-up position where they kind of can think of themselves as better than they kind of go into a self-righteous and we can all do this with in different relationships, but like within a marriage, often they're like spouses will go into these roles and that's kind of the roles they play. For example, Brett tends to go in the one up and I go in the one down. And she, what I love that she points out is that they are equal in selfishness and in like lots of times people will um be like oh but the one down boohoo it's victim mindset but it's in the same way right like we're trying to control equal equally trying to control the other person and so when we're stepping into the space of she calls it i want to say a horizontal relationship an equal relationship equal partnership 
So when we look at not only the other person, because from a one up down position, I'm looking at them as better than me. But when I step into this position, a horizontal position, and I look at myself as equal and as them at them as equals, then how do I show up? Okay, so I have my Indian food and I'm going to consider this. I'm going to sit with this for a second. Hmm. Okay, I really love Indian food and I am a foodie and my husband doesn't love Indian food. In fact, he kind of feels meh about it. Okay, if I'm considering us as equal children of God and considering like I really only have control over myself and this is mine, what am I going to do? Okay, different example. I have Indian food and it's kind of meh to me, but my husband loves it and he's coming and he's saying, Oh, I would love your food. Okay, I'm going to sit with it. And I'm looking at us as equals. In that situation, it's easier to be like, have it. Go ahead. Right? Because it's a different way of thinking. It's more collaborative versus competitive. Right? Oh, I love that. Collaborative versus competitive. That's I a great example. Terry Real talks about that. Do you, do you know Terry Real? I don't. Um, he, I want to say he's a relationship therapist and he talks about this idea of collaborative, working collaboratively versus competitively. Mm -hmm. And I just love it because I feel like it fits right into the gospel, right? We're supposed to become the body of Christ. The body can't compete against itself, right? If it does, then you've got all sorts of craziness going on. The ideal is that we work together collaboratively. So, yeah, I think the best way that we can do that is by showing up honestly and really representing where we're at, right? Again, so beautiful. And I think as we learn to be honest and start sharing our voice and our desires more, especially if we've suppressed that for decades, Mm -hmm. then maybe as I'm, let's give the example of the food, as I'm able to just say, oh, I'm like, so excited about this even just saying it out loud kind of makes me uncomfortable practicing saying no but um no sorry not not today but over time maybe it will lose its appeal I don't know and maybe it won't be such an issue for me to want to share I don't know if that makes sense I think it's huge no 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 I agree and I kind of as you were saying that I really do want to highlight that because as I've been going through this process of practicing saying no and using my voice and things like that. Um, when you typically respond a certain way, especially like you were saying, if it's decades of conditioning that you're bringing to the table, not only is it going to feel super uncomfortable, but that conditioning is going to want to pull you right back into it. Yeah. Right. And so I do think that there has to be that level of compassion of you may fly off the handle. You may like lose your cool. It's not the saying no, that's wrong. It's not the setting of boundaries that's wrong. It's how we do it. And so as people are going through this process of kind of standing up for themselves and looking at themselves as equal to other people and not as inferior, I think it's really important for people to stay solid in that. It is okay for you to have wants. It's okay for you to have needs, needs. Oh my goodness. Needs. It's okay for you to have needs. 
and to stay solid in that, even when there's discomfort in you, there's pressure externally. I think that is the practice is first building that self-compassion. If you're anything like me, I know you are enjoying this conversation with the very charismatic, lovely Kenzie Evans. The good news is that she will be back for not only one more episode, but two, because I could not stop this riveting conversation. So stay tuned for part two and three coming up, where she offers even more rich and transforming insights that I know will resonate with your soul. So stay tuned for that. And just as a reminder, sign up for our Costa Rican Women's and Men's Wellness Retreat June 16th through the 22nd of 2024. There are still a few spots left, so go and grab those before they are gone. Christmas time is fast approaching, and this would make an incredible gift. If you want people to be able to recharge their life and reclaim the beauty that is within, instead of living just half alive, this is the way to do it. And can you imagine getting that gift on Christmas when everyone's starting to feel cabin fever and January and February are coming when it's typically difficult to look forward to things and a struggle? Knowing that they have that coming up is the best gift that you can give. But if you sit on it, those spots will be gone. So sign up now. And just a quick refresher on that. This includes the most picturesque, beautiful villa than you can even imagine overlooking the ocean. So beautiful in majestic Costa Rica. And as an extra bonus... Kenzie will also be there. That was just on this interview, teaching yoga and her insights as well. You will also participate in the most memorable experiences of your life. From things like snorkeling with sea turtles, sailing on this gorgeous ocean, hot springs with volcanic mud baths, waterfall hikes, zip lining, horseback riding, and so much more. It will feed your soul in ways you cannot even imagine until you experience it. And I promise you that I will put everything I have into making sure that this is an unforgettable, transformative experience for you or a loved one. So go ahead and sign up now on fulfillmenttherapy.org and bring a loved one with you. Bring your best friend, bring your sister, whoever it might be, and grow together. Thank you for joining us today on Fulfillment Therapy and being part of this incredible interview. Please share it with those that would benefit. And if you haven't done so already, please take a moment to leave a review on this podcast so that we can continue to spread those positive ripples. Shine boldly and brightly, and I'll see you back here soon with Kenzie Evans. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcast. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. 
I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.